Tonight we want to look at the indwelling Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, as he comes to live within us when we're born again, when we're saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And so indwells us, dwells within us, lives within us, residents within us, takes home within us. And so we just want to look at that tonight and uh, see what this is all about. So we go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 will be in chapter 5 also. But Ephesians 4.29, the Bible says, Do not let any, let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, I didn't put on the uh, handout or, or the screen or anything. The word unwholesome, if you're reading your Bible, you may have another word there. But if you had to describe the word unwholesome talk, what kind of talk are you talking about? Corrupt, talking down, what? Potty mouth. Potty mouth, oh. Ah. Yours says foul or abusive language, okay. So we know these kind of words. We understand what he's talking about here, don't we? It means to be rotten or worthless. It means to be harmful or corrupt. Uh, it means, as Sherry said, from a teacher's viewpoint, I guess, potty mouth. And so uh, he says to not let any kind of talk like that come out of your mouths. Why not? Because you're tearing somebody down. You're pushing somebody down. You're discouraging somebody. You're pushing people away. And so rather than have that kind of talk coming out of our mouths, the kind he says that should be coming out is something that's helpful for building somebody up that it may benefit them and meet their needs, those that are listening to us. And so what happens is sometimes maybe you've had somebody to discourage you or to put you down or say uh, ugly or mean things to you or about you or towards you, and when somebody does that, it just discourages us, doesn't it? It just kind of melts us away. We don't like what we heard or we don't like what they said about us. And so when people do that to us, what they're trying to do is build themselves up. They feel very low in their self-esteem. They don't feel good about themselves. And so when people try to put somebody else down, discourage them, talk down to them, they're trying to build themselves up, lift themselves up. So God turns it totally around. He said, rather than tearing somebody down a building and, and meeting your needs, build somebody up and meet their needs. Rather than worried about what, how you feel, how you could feel better by putting them down, let them feel better by building them up. And so that's what he's trying to get across to us here. Rather than tearing somebody down with words we say, build them up, meet their needs, not our needs. Because when we put somebody down, we're just meeting our needs. We kind of build ourselves up. Now you're down there and I'm up here and I feel better about myself only for a moment. And then I got to do it to somebody else or do it to you again, put you down. So God just turns it all around and says, let all of our words be helpful. Let all of our words be beneficial. Let all of our words encourage other people that are listening to us. And so as we go about our week, this only comes through the Holy Spirit, as we're going to see in a moment. He's the one that gives us those words. He's the one that gives us those words that are helpful to others, beneficial to others, encouraging to others, and a word simply should build up and never to tear down. So we move on then to verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So as we're thinking about the words we're talking, words we're saying, not letting an unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, only what is helpful building others up according to their needs that may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And so what we want to make sure we're not doing is grieving the Holy Spirit. When we're saved, when we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can cause Him grief. We can make Him sorrowful. We can cause Him sadness. 
by the way we talk. Going back to verse 29. If those words coming out of our mouths, the Holy Spirit didn't put those words into our mouth. The Holy Spirit didn't put those words out of our mouth. The Holy Spirit didn't bring those words out to tear somebody down and to discourage them and to be rotten words or harmful words or worthless words or corrupt words or potty mouth words. The Holy Spirit didn't put that in there. We put it in there. And so when he comes to the point of saying, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, that means there's some words that are coming out of our mouth that the Holy Spirit says, I didn't put that there. I didn't ask you to say that. I didn't put those words in your mouth. You know, that kind of thing. So he's grieved. The Holy Spirit is. He's sorrowful. He's sad because those words come out of our mouth didn't originate with the Holy Spirit. So when he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, who is this Holy Spirit of God? He is the co-equal and the co-eternal Spirit of the Father and Son. So we talk about the word Trinity a lot of times, and probably we all know what the Trinity is, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These three, Holy Spirit, Father, and Son, are co-equal. They're equal in power and authority. They're co-eternal. They live forever as Spirit, as Father, and as Son. Uh, the Spirit inspired the Scriptures as we read them to the uh, people that wrote them down. And the Holy Spirit gives the new life to those that are born again. And so again, uh, I know this is the third time I've said it already, when we get saved and we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. He's the one that lives within us, gives us that new life, and the Holy Spirit then helps us with the words so we can encourage others. Now that we're born again, now that we're saved, now the Holy Spirit lives in us, He's giving us new words to speak, new words of encouragement, building each other up so that when He is grieved, when he is hurt, he doesn't want that. He wants words that are coming out that are helpful. So the Holy Spirit gives us a new language, in other words. It helps us to say things that are building up rather than tearing down because the Holy Spirit seals us. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God whom you were sealed till the day of redemption. Uh, the word sealed means to uh, close up, to seal up. You have a Ziploc sometimes. And you put food in a Ziploc, put it in the refrigerator, you do a little Ziploc across it, and you, you're sealing it. Or you put something in a jar, you put the top back on it, you seal it. Or you put uh, cereal back in the box, and you put a little clip on it, don't you? Or something like that, or the bread, tie it up, and that sort of thing. You're sealing it, you're trying to keep it fresh. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to do to us. He's the sealant of our life. He's holding on to us. He's closing us up, making us secure till the day of redemption, until we go to heaven. And so once we receive the Holy Spirit, we are sealed. It's done. It's over. We won't lose that salvation. He won't unseal us and say, Holy Spirit, come out. Uh, we don't want you in that person anymore, you know, because whatever. We're sealed until the day of redemption. So that's why we say our eternity is secure once we're born again. Uh, we're, we're closed. It makes something secure. And until when? As long as how long? Until the day of redemption. That is, until we're released and set free from this earthly body and we can receive a new and eternal body. There will come a day that we're all going to die. This body's going to wear out. This body's going to get old. It's going to wear out. And uh, it can't live forever because it's a, a normal, natural body. It's a mortal body. It's not immortal. And so this Holy Spirit living in us seals us until that day of redemption, until we're released from this body, until we're set free from this earthly body, and we get that new body, we get that eternal body. And until that day... We're sealed. The Holy Spirit's within us. We've got a seal. So, as long as He's living in us, which is now until we die, He helps us with our words, say the words that are helping other people, and He's grieved when we discourage others because He says, wait a minute. 
I secured you. I sealed you. I sealed your soul and, and gave it eternal life the moment you were saved until your death when you're entering into heaven to get the new body. And he said, why would you grieve me, the Holy Spirit says? Why would you say something that would discourage other people? Uh, I sealed you. Uh, I gave you something different. I gave you something new. I uh, give you words to speak that are building people up rather than tearing people down. So when you tear people down, why would you do that, he says? It grieves me. It sorrows me, the Holy Spirit says. We're discouraging others. So he wants us to build up people, and he gives us the words to do that with. Well, we move on to another place here in Ephesians chapter 5.18. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And there's another word I didn't put on the notes or on the screen. This word debauchery, you may have it in your Bible, 5.18, in the middle of that verse there. <clears throat> you may have another word, but why don't you go ahead and what does the word debauchery mean that you know? No? Okay, all kind of sin. Okay. Drunk with wine, all right. Uh, it means to be riotous, uh, causing riots. And maybe you've seen riots on TV or you've been a part of a riot sometime. Anybody ever led a riot? No, never mind, don't answer that. Uh, but, but maybe you've seen riotous activities going on. You know, people are just getting all stirred up. That's what it says it's leading to. It's leading to riotous behavior. It's leading to excessive behavior, uh, living to the excess. It's behavior that shows a lack of concern for our consequences, meaning this. Uh, probably as we started driving, if we can all... Not everybody can remember, uh, hasn't started driving yet, but maybe most of us can think back to when we started driving. Did our parents caution us on anything about driving? Did they say anything? Uh, those early days in which you got to use their car or their truck or whatever, or you had your own even, uh, did, they, did they caution you on anything about driving? Parents? Who? A lot of things. <laughs> Everything? Okay. Uh, and if they cautioned you about your driving habits, your driving ways, did they say there would be consequences if you didn't follow their advice and direction? Did, did you, were there some things? You know, I can't say specifically. Well, they probably cautioned us on how fast we drove and who was in the vehicle with us, how many could be in the vehicle with us, and only we were to drive the vehicle, not somebody else. Uh, they cautioned us on where to go with the vehicle, about the gas, about how we treat it, and so so many things that might have cautioned us on. And then they might have somewhere within that said, now, if you don't do these things or do this or don't do that, then you won't get to drive this vehicle and for a week or two weeks or ever, forever, you know, something like that. <clears throat> and so there's a consequence. But so many times we get out there in the world in which we live, just this one thing about driving this car, and we don't think about, we don't consider the consequences. We just know at that moment, Daddy did say, don't do this with this vehicle. I'm going to do it anyway. And we do whatever, not thinking about, not considering what the consequence is going to be the next morning or later in the night or whenever it may be. We're just going to do it. Well, that's what he's talking about here. It's leading to this uh, debauchery that we don't consider the consequences of what might happen as a result of what he's saying don't do, what God is saying here don't do. We're just thinking about the moment. And so many times in our life, we just think about that moment. I just want to do this. I just want to go there. I want to act this way, do this. I want to talk like that, act this way, and I'm going to do it. 
I know there's some consequences, but right at that moment, we don't think about it. Do you know what I mean? In life as we live, aren't there times in our past, not now, we don't do that anymore, that we didn't consider consequences? What could happen, what might happen, what's supposed to happen? And so... I heard something about a battery. I'm not sure what that was. Must have been a consequence for me. Huh? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think it was a consequence of me talking too long, maybe. Going to need a new battery or something like that. Maybe that's what it is. And so uh, we, we don't always think about that. So God is saying to us, let's think about some consequences here because of what's going to be led into. So instead of filling your body with something that may lead to these consequences, this riotous, this excess, this behavior that so shows a lack of concern, he said, instead of doing that, let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because just as filling with wine is going to have a consequence, so is being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's going to be a consequence there. There's going to be a result there. Not on the negative side, not on the bad side, but on the good side. And so he says, let's do this. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. And let's see what comes out of that. Let's see how the consequences are as being filled with the Holy Spirit. So he says in verse 19, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, speak to one another with psalms. You mean I just need to start carrying my Bible around and when I see somebody, uh, turn to Psalms, or I'll just turn to Psalm 99 and just walk up to Bubba and say, Hey, Bubba, the Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He, he sits enthroned between the cherubim like the earth shake. And, and just start talking to him in Psalms. Or, or hey, here's one, Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Well, that's very appropriate there, wasn't it? <laughs> and so, but uh, is, that, is that what he's trying to say? Speak to one another in Psalms. Just find a psalm and just start quoting that to people. What are the Psalms? So in a general, broad view, what... What do we know about the Psalms? What what are they? They're songs, songs, aren't they? Songs of praise, yeah. They're they're praise. They're praising people. They're building people up. They're praising God. They're they're uh, glorifying Him. And so, as we're speaking to other people, we're we're praising God through song. We're praising the Lord through what we're saying, and not only through Psalms, but through hymns. So, what's the difference in Psalms and hymns? <laughs> Hard to say, isn't it? We sing them every week, don't we? They're on the screen. They come out of the book, come out of a... Hymn is simply a, a song about God, isn't it? It's a hymn. It's a, a words that are praising God, lifting up God, but also spiritual songs as opposed to hymns and psalms. So there's three types of songs we're talking about here, praise and worship and honor and glory to God and to other people. And so as we do that, we're to sing and make music in our heart to the Lord. That's what I do. I sing and make music in my heart. That way you don't get to hear me. I just hear it within myself. Amen. That's right. Except for this morning. <laughs> He's looking over the screen back there. I have this mic that I always turn on before we ever start worship. Before 10 o'clock comes, I get it turned on. And then when the time comes for me to preach, they turn it on back there so it's going. Until then, until I'm preaching, it's off. Except for this morning. Aaron texted me, which my phone was over there, so I didn't get the text until afterwards. He said, did you get my text? Well, I didn't because it was sitting right there. Now, Cheryl got it because she looked at it. And he had texted me. He said, uh, it was on back there, and I was leading music at one point this morning. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I don't know which song it was. I can sing. Oh, okay. All right. So did I did a really good job. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't know I was doing it. But anyway, just you probably didn't need to know all that. But anyway, uh, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. So when we speak, when we sing, when we uh, have psalms, hymns, spiritual songs going on in our heart and our spirit, we're making music in our heart to the Lord. We're, we're pleasing God with what's coming out of our mouths. Pleasing God because it's coming from the heart, out of our mouth, to Him and to other people. And so everybody gets encouraged. Everybody gets built up. Everybody gets lifted up. So... Kind of in conclusion, sort of, we're not there yet, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be yielded and controlled by Him. So when He says there in verse uh, 18, 518, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit, simply means this, we are yielded to Him. Now that's voluntary. We don't have to yield to Him. We can do what we want to do. I mean, we don't have to do what the Holy Spirit says. We can go and do what we want to do. But when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when He's filling us, we're going to be yielded to the Holy Spirit, but even more than that, we're going to be controlled by the Holy Spirit because we yield to Him, say, Lord, Holy Spirit, show me what to do. Teach me what to do. Give me wisdom what to do right now with the situation I'm in, where I'm at, what I'm doing. And He begins to speak to our hearts. He begins to show us and give us wisdom. And then we're controlled by Him and we're just following Him. Okay, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And the Holy Spirit's just leading me, giving me wisdom, giving me guidance. I'm yielded to him, say, well, I want what you want, whatever you want is what I want, and therefore I'm controlled by him. And that's being filled by the Holy Spirit. But the other part of that, at our new birth, when we're born again, when we're saved, we receive all the Holy Spirit, but the question is, does the Holy Spirit have all of us? See, when we're saved, we get the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean we're going to get more of the Holy Spirit later. It's just meaning, is he going to get more of us? Let me show you what I'm saying. have two quart jars here. How many cups are in a quart? Ah, okay. There you go. Four cups to the quart. Okay. So, therefore, I should be able to put four cups of water in here. Now, to keep from spilling or making a mess up here, I'm just going to do two at a time. So, i got... Two cups of water right here. It says two cups. I've got two cups of water, and so I'm just going to pour it in this quart. And you see that it's probably about half full. And now I'll just get two more cups and see if I can fill it up. And uh, what I'm doing is representing us as the jar and the water going in, representing the Holy Spirit. So here we are, uh, and here's the Holy Spirit. And he's going to fill us all the way to the top. <laughs> okay. Where's the towels and paper towels? We'll need them to leave here with. All right, so I must have got too much in there. Okay, so anyway, I won't touch it anymore. Be careful about it. We fill that jar up. That's filling us with the Holy Spirit. We got the Holy Spirit. All the Holy Spirit got all of us. But watch this one. This one has some rocks in it, so I'm going to do the same thing. We're going to start out. We're going to put two cups in there first, and then we'll put the other two in there, and we'll fill that one up also. So there's two cups, and let me pour it here. And so 
here we go with two cups. And as you see, I'm spilling it, but as you see, hold on, wait a minute. They're the same size, they're two quart, each one's a quart. I got four cups in here, but I just put two in here and it's already full. How come? It's already full of stuff, isn't it? You see what he's saying here to us about being filled with the Holy Spirit? It's not that we get more of the Holy Spirit. It's that the Holy Spirit gets more of us. Because if I've got a lot of stuff, as Sherry says, in my life, things that don't need to be in my life, you know, things that I should have already kicked out, gotten rid of, repented of, turned away from, uh, dropped, laid down, put it to the cross, however you want to say it, these things should have been gone in my life, but they're still there. And so therefore, the filling of the Holy Spirit cannot fill me like it can this person, which may be in touch. Maybe I can just drink it. Okay, now, now it got a little lower. I just thought about where the water came from now. <laughs> it's clear. It tastes all right. <laughs> It came out of the shop. Oh, it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are there are two containers in the shop that I mixed up poison with. Did I get that one or the right? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where was I? Okay. <laughs> so this person that empties themselves of self receives more of the filling of the Holy Spirit than the person who has self still there gets less of the Holy Spirit. So to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be yielded and controlled by Him. This person is not as yielded and controlled by the Holy Spirit as this one because the Holy Spirit does not have as much possession of this per of that person of this person than that one. And so therefore, there's not as much yielding and control of the Holy Spirit in that person's life as compared to the other one. See what I'm saying? So at our new birth, yeah, we receive all the Holy Spirit. We get the Holy Spirit living in us. But does the Holy Spirit get all of us? For this one, Holy Spirit has all of this person. All the person here is yielded to Him and controlled by Him. This person, God hadn't got everything of this person yet. There's still some things in their life that needs to be repented of, turned from, gotten rid of, laid down at the cross, walked away from, so that more of the filling of the Holy Spirit can come in. So the command from God is for Him to get all of us, not as much as we to get all of Him. But as we get less of us, we literally do get more of Him because we become more yielded and controlled by the Holy Spirit. So that's how He wants us to live this week. That's how he wants us to work this week. That's how he wants to wants us to be in our home and our family with our friends. Uh, wherever we go, whatever we do, he wants us to simply be yielded to him, be controlled by him, and to be filled by him. And the only way we can be totally filled by him is to empty ourselves of self, to allow more room in the Holy Spirit to live within us, so that we receive that filling that only comes from him, and we can then be the lifting upper, the encourager the one who comes alongside other people and helps them to get where they need to be to meet their needs rather than meeting our needs.